everyone for your whole life has been at the same playing field, right? You go through school together with people, you go to college, you all get your first job. But then quickly after that, things change. People buy houses, some people are renting, some people get a great job, some people still don't have a job. Like the, the range starts to become astronomical. And if you're not careful, you're going to start to play into the lie that, okay, I still have to just be like everyone else because that's all we've grown up with, right? You are like everyone else for a long time. Uh, and so you have to realize that, that you have to put the blinders on and focus on your marriage, your marriage, your life, your money is going to look different than everyone else's. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast episode with Dear Young Married Couple. We are so honored to have with us Rachel Cruz today. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. And we are going to be talking about tips and resources that um, you might need before getting married. And if you are married, um, tips and resources that you might need in terms of your finances. As we know, money is one of those hot topics when it comes to conflict in the marriage. It's one of the leading reasons that people divorce. Um, We work with couples who are dealing with stressors and a lot of times they hinge on financial issues. So we're going to cover it all today with Rachel Cruz. So uh, just, I guess, to start off the questions, tell us a little bit about what you do at Ramsey Solutions. Yes. So I am a Ramsey personality, which just kind of means I'm one of those that are out front facing, uh, helping people with their money. And I travel and speak. I don't travel as much anymore, thanks to the pandemic. But uh, I did more of that back, uh, back before all this. I I write, I do media, I just any outlet I can, I can put my voice or my face on to guide people when it comes to controlling their money, because money is such a stressful topic, married or not. And man, people are just, they're intimidated by it. And there's a lot of hopelessness uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to this. And so really being able to dive in and give people not just inspiration, but instruction and direction on where to go with their finances. Yes. Awesome. So needed right now. So you are a personal finance expert and you coach a lot of people. I'm sure I, I love the videos you've been doing during the pandemic um, for, you know, kids and uh, for stressors and, you know, what should I do with, with my stimulus check? And I love the answers that you're giving just real and raw. So, um, you know, we're talking today about what we wish we would have known about money before we got married. So it's quite ironic because you are Dave Ramsey's daughter. <laughs> so of all people in the world, um, you know, I'm sure you were very prepared. So if you could start off just by sharing with us, um, how were you introduced to money as a child and, um, and just the concepts of financial management? Yeah. So I think when people hear, oh, you're Dave Ramsey's kid, that 
they just assume that I had mutual fund birthday parties and like had <laughs> camps every summer and all this. We're thankfully that was not the case. Uh, but mom and dad, they were really intentional teaching us how many works. I mean, the early days, they were honestly just surviving. They filed bankruptcy the year I was born. And so they were not trying to have these like philosophical discussions with their, you know, three and five year old at the time. They were trying to put food on the table. So for a while, they didn't even really think about it. But the power in that, what they realized was that, wow, more is caught than taught. Like they're, yeah. they're watching us. They're watching our habits. They're watching us, how we spend, when we say no to ourselves, they see it all, which is a very powerful principle that I tell a lot of parents, like, man, your kids are watching you. But then as you know, things got a little bit more stable at our household and dad started down this track of, of helping people with their money and getting out of debt, budgeting and all that, he, he did, he integrated a lot of that, him, both him and my mom, but it was very much in the ebb and flow of life. Again, there was never this, I never remember this like sit down financial meeting and we're going to explain all these things. It was just like at the grocery store, my mom would be like, okay, well, this box of cereal is this much and this one over here, it's this much. So we're going to take the cheaper one so that we can spend more. Like, it was just that kind of conversation, right? Mm. So part of life. And I really appreciated wow. that. But then they, as kids, I mean, we had to work. We, we were never given an allowance. We were always on commission. Ah, oh. Talk about that concept yeah. and the difference. So, I love that idea. You work, you get paid. You don't work, you don't get paid. And so chores around the house, we got paid on. Some chores we did just because we were part of the family. I feel like if you pay your kids on every little thing, they become like these little union workers and they're just <laughs> so I need 50 cents. You're like, no. So there's part of it that you do because you're part of the family. And as adults, we know we do work. We don't get paid on all the time. So there's part of that. But there is so many teachable moments when your kids earn their own money and you teach them to give, to save and to spend it. They do all of that differently. They give their money differently. Mm -hmm. They save it differently. They spend it differently when they've worked mm -hmm. for it, when they've put the sacrifice in. And so it's just, again, it's these tiny little principles. And like, we have a five-year-old, we're starting to do this with her and we're not perfect at it. Mom and dad weren't perfect at it. There's weeks, you, you will go weeks and you totally forget. You're like, oh yeah, you're supposed to do chores. Let's go back. <laughs> I mean, it, it is part of life, but I think, yes. really, yeah. I, think it, I, I just want to take the, the, the stress off of parents that you do not have to be perfect, mm -hmm. but it's the intentionality and the, and the idea that you're just open with these conversations. I think a lot of people grew up in households where money was never talked about. Like people grew up, yes. they never heard their parents talk about it. They never talked about sex. They never talked about religion. They never talked about mm -hmm. money. And I think that- The hard topic. Yes. And I, and I just hate that because n none of those topics are bad, right? So just yeah. showing the, the good and the healthy side of it is really, really huge. So um, that's kind of like how I was growing, how, how I was raised. And again, not perfect parents, not perfect parents mm -hmm. at all. Um, but it was a, it was a intentionality on their ends. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Just thinking as you're talking about being intentional, cause we're all about that too, you know, in marriage, so much of success in marriage has to do with intentionality. So when you're thinking about, okay, being intentional with my kids about money, cause some, some conversations are just, you know, grow are just organic. They just happen. Cause we're talking about, you know, buy this or buy that. Oh, why would we buy, you know, but how would you go about creating a moment? Um, or do you think about that sort of thing, like being intentional? That's kind of the way I think about it, I guess. But do you ever find those moments? Because um, I guess your kid is very young right now. But um, do you find those yet, those opportunities, or what would you look forward to uh, maybe with an older child? 
with dealing with money? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, Amelia's five right now. We have a five, three and six month old and your hands are full. (laughs) Oh, oh, it is insane. It has been insane. (laughs) It's great. It's just crazy. Uh, We get it. Yes. But yeah, I mean, like even with Amelia, you know, she made a comment seriously two nights ago. We were putting, and she said something about money. Oh, she said, daddy has to go to work tomorrow. Is daddy going to work tomorrow? I said, yep, dad's going to work tomorrow. She goes, oh, she goes, well, he goes to work to make money so he can help people. And I was like, oh, I was like, Emily, where'd you hear that? She's like, well, that's why wow. hey, you, you go to work so you can help people. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's just like, wonderful. I, yeah. And I don't even remember saying that. Right. So like, it's just crazy how quickly they can pick things up. So, so I, yes. with that, I'm not as worried about her learning the numbers and all that. I think you get to what taxes are and what mutual funds are later in life. I think those will be organic conversations. Your kids are going to hear terms like, what's that? And you can have that conversation. So for me, it's not the numbers, it's the value system that you put in place. And so that's kind of been a big thing for us. And, and even, you know, and I'll be honest with you guys, like raising kids now that, you know, Winston and I aren't bankrupt and starting from the bottom, working way, way up. So like I had a gift in my childhood that my kids, they have a different life and yeah. it's not a better or worse life, honestly, because I think there's gifts that I was given that my kids won't ever. And so how to protect mm-hmm. that and still show them that these values are still true, no matter what dollar amounts in your bank account, that mm-hmm. value system is still there. Oh, so good. So when it comes to marriage and, you know, typically you have one that's more money savvy than the other or just one that's uh, more numbers savvy. And so they, they're the one that usually will do the bills or crunch the numbers. Um, do you have any tips for encouraging the other spouse to be more invested in that process? Hey, friends, we'll be right back to our interview. But one quick note. If you love what you're listening to, you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world. So there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations, which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two, or three, by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right, back to the show. Yeah, I think for the other spouse, because I'm the other spouse, actually. Surprise, <laughs> okay. my husband's the one that's way more of, he enjoys the budget a lot. He loves the numbers, he loves okay. all the accounts. I mean, he's like, he's more of that than I even am. Uh, and so for me, I've had to realize that I don't have to change who I am. And I think a lot of couples feel like, oh, in order to win with money, I suddenly have to turn into this saver. And I suddenly have to turn into this person that loves a budget. And that's not really the case. I think you, I think you can say, I've always been a spender. I enjoy a budget more than I ever did, honestly, in life right now, because mm-hmm. once and I've had one for 10 years. And so now it's just a part of life. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I've realized I don't have to change who I am. I am uniquely created who I am is who I am, but there has to be a maturity that if I just took the kid in me, you know, every, I feel like we all have a five-year-old that lives in us and it, the kid in me just wants to say, oh, I just want it. You know, oh, J. Crew's having a sale. I just want it. I'm going to just go. Uh, I'm going to just spend, spend, spend. Okay. That's like an immature way of approaching life. Right. So there has to be a balance that I don't have to become this massive saver and turn into Winston, my husband. Mm-hmm. I can still have me, but yet I'm going to have to be a little bit more balanced. And I'd say that on the other side, the person on this side, 
needs to be a little bit more balanced. I tell women sometimes, like, I bring the fun. I make your life fun. And so I'm going to buy you clothes because you're buying yourself clothes for the last five years. So I'll go shopping for you. So yeah, you kind of have to like, there's a balance on both, but I think that takes a lot of maturity. And so I think there's um, also that other person has to recognize that it is a team effort. You both have something Mm -hmm. to bring to the table and it is very hard to win with money when it's just one person in it. It's very hard. And so you can't run on two separate tracks. You can't have two different accounts and his, my money, his money, you know, it can't be that. It literally has to be this team effort. And when you can create that unity and, you, and seeing both strengths that you guys bring to the table, I think it, it, it makes it easier. And you both yeah. say, hey, yep. this is what I'm going to do. This is the strengths I bring. These are the strengths you bring. And that's great. Let's work together as a team. And as a team, that's you so can good. create the life and the marriage that you want and that you love. Yes. And but it takes both of you. And that takes a level of maturity, I think, to realize that and say, well, I, I do need to get involved. Absolutely. That really does. Because yeah. I think that people think if I'm making the decisions in the marriage about money, then, you know, I have more power here. Mm. And so, and that, and I think that's why you're saying it takes maturity. How long or how do you guys become a team? Or was that a, was that a process for you? Or is that kind of like right out of the gate when you guys first got married? Hey, this is how it works and let's do it. Yeah, I would say early on, um, we've, we've not, we're not perfect with money by any means. Don't hear me say that. We we still have hiccups and all of this. And it's like, what? You bought sure. I'm like, Oh, I forgot to tell you. But you look at the bills all the time. I mean, Winston's like, <laughs> I buy something on Apple TV. He's like, what is this $3.99 charge? I was like, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I kind of put... Uh, so, it was gum <laughs> from the gas right. station. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. um, but I would say early on, I mean, I feel like we talked about this subject a lot. Um, I mean, not to, to a crazy end, but we were enough on the same team that we kind of knew, okay, this is what we want to do. But our first probably six months of marriage, like we didn't budget. We didn't really like, we weren't intentional with our money at the beginning. And he was the one that came and was like, Rachel, I feel like we've got to do a budget. Like we have to figure out like, you know, where the money, and I knew that right growing up. I mean, like that was trained to me, but it was so hard. And I was like, I mean, okay, it went against the grain for you. Yes, yes. I was like, oh, I feel like a budget was like, you have to keep up with numbers and receipts and there's just so much work in it. Right. And I, I want to have fun. You were chained to a process, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. And so, um, but we sat down, we did our first one. It was terrible. Like, I think at the grocery, I blew the, like the first round. I was like, okay, this is insane. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, it took us, it took us about three months to get it going. And now it's okay. kind of been a habit. So honestly, that budget has helped us so much. It really is. And I tell mm. couples that all the time. It's just your plan and you can change it. You both, if you both agree, something comes up, you're like, Hey, can we lower this category to up this one? But it's all right there. So you're both seeing it. You're both in agreement and that eliminates so, so many money fights and money problems when you're both on the same page. And that, and the budget yes. really is that, but again, it's not. It's not bulletproof. Winston and I still have moments yeah. where he's like, what is this? I'm like, oh, well, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be real. To get a little practical, um, can you share with us how you guys created the budget? So like, was it an Excel spreadsheet? Was it a certain program that you Was used? it the envelopes? Yeah. <laughs> well, our very first budget, we were at a rental, con- we like rented this condo, I'll never forget. And it was honestly like a yellow pad. We had like a notebook kind of thing. And we nice. wrote it on there and that was our first one. And we kept it. And then when we moved six months later, we still had that sheet of paper and I stuck it in our coffee table drawer because we realized awesome. that our budget didn't change that much month to month. It was pretty much the okay. same, mm-hmm. even though you want to look at it every month. 
Um, so we kept that little sheet of paper for a while and then, um, and then Winston put it in Excel and then we came out with the every dollar app, uh, Ramsey solution. So Mm -hmm. we use that now. And that's been, that's been so helpful. Having it on your phone is like a game changer. Yes. For yes. people who don't know about the app, can you maybe explain it? Because that might be a really great solution for them. Yes, for sure. So the Every Dollar app, it, it teaches and it goes through zero-based budgeting, which is what we teach, which is your income every month minus all of your expenses. That includes giving, saving, and all of your bills equals zero. So the purpose of this is that every dollar is assigned to a category. And there's multiple ways that you can budget different philosophies. But really, the zero-based budget, I think, is the most intentional, the most purposeful and the one that you get to prioritize. So if you're getting out of debt, you're able to cut categories, throw that money at debt. If you're trying to save an emergency fund, same thing. Uh, it just, it, it allows you to work your money around your life and what you need in that moment. And so that's why we love zero-based budgeting. And that's what the EverDollar app is. So good. And it's so easy. Yes. Like uh, we have tutorials through it. So if it's if it seems overwhelming, I promise it's not. So you can download, there's a free version, but get in there and do it because you really start to gain control and you start to realize, which is what I did, that a budget doesn't limit your freedom. A budget gives you freedom. Like it really gives you this permission to spend money and not feel guilt about it, that you have things Mm -hmm. allotted. And within married couples too, I always say this, have a line item for each of you so that I have a line item. So every time I'm at Target or something, I don't have to text them and be like, I'm getting new nail polish. I'm buying this. Like... (laughs) I can just, I can just stick it in that line item and it's great. And same for him. Uh, so still, yes. you still kind of have your individuality within the money, but you're both agreeing on the amounts. You see what's coming in and it's, it's really, really helpful. That's excellent. And we'll link that in the show notes too. So folks can have access to it directly. I think that would really help couples um, bring down the anxiety levels because you know anxiety is the what ifs, right? Mm-hmm. And I think people when they're when they're afraid of their budget or what they have in their account, they they tend to avoid it. Cuz we you know, humans, we don't like pain. And sometimes looking at that budget brings pain or not even budget, right? Looking at what they have in the account is scary. Sure. And so just by putting it down on something so they can see it, oh, it's not so scary and I can there's not as many what ifs there. It's so true. And about debt as well, right? I'm like, when you write out, a lot of people don't even know what kind of debt they have. Like, oh, it's something here and there. And it, yeah. and, it, and it's that kind of thing. I don't even, and people say to me, I don't even want to look. I don't, I don't even want to know. But once you write it all down, yeah. it's usually, I say usually, it's always gets, but usually it's not as bad as what you've hyped it up in your head. Because once you look at it, mm-hmm. it's visual, it's right there. It feels so much better. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I always tell people too, couples, that women, their number one financial fear is the lack of security. Yes. And so when you don't have that security, that for a lot of women, that anxiety builds up and that and that insecurity comes when you don't have a plan. You don't know really how much is in the account. You don't really know how much you owe on this and that. And, and, and everything's just kind of in your head. But once you really do, you put things down, it's on paper, you see it. There, there is a level of control that you have in a good way, not a bad control, but a healthy control. Mm-hmm. Mm. over your money. And, and when you start working that plan and you start getting out of debt and getting an emergency fund, that, that insecurity really starts to die down. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Cause you eliminate unknowns and that's what reduces the anxiety. So you just said emergency fund. And since we're in a really crazy time, I don't think I've ever lived through a crazier time with COVID-19 going on. 
I'm just curious how many people have been writing in or telling you, thank God for our emergency fund. More than I even really expected, honestly. I mean, I, cause we hear it sometimes, but this has been like a tidal wave because I'm like, it's like brand validation for me where I'm like, okay, wow, what we teach like, really does work. Like it really, really does. Cause yeah. moment, like if you really, if you've worked and sacrificed your life and paid off debt, which people that become debt-free, man, they sacrifice and they're so intentional. They work so hard and they're debt-free and they build up that emergency fund and it's there just in case. And that just in case is happening as we speak. And, yeah. and so I, I do, I celebrate and I'm so thankful when I hear those stories. I'm like, wow, it, this is it. This is why we do what we do. Yeah. Uh, and then on the flip side, people that haven't done it and not to shame them, but yeah. still, mm -hmm. you know, lots of debt, living paycheck to paycheck for them. I'm like, this is your wake up call. Like, let this be the moment that you say, you look back in 50 years and say, oh, it was COVID-19 was the moment I realized I don't want to, I don't want to stress about this. I'm stressing about health stuff. I don't want to stress about my finances. I want, I want that security. Right. And so there really is this moment that you can draw that line in the sand and say, enough is enough. Like I'm going to do this. Yes. And so take that urgency, almost that fear, even if you have it with you outside the pandemic to let that drive you to change your money habits and do something different. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do this. Anyone can do it. So good. So Amen. good. So question for you about the emergency fund. Can you talk to our listeners about why you suggest having that thousand dollar fund in place before you do the debt snowball and then getting your, your three to six months? Talk about the sequence there. Yes. So you want to start out getting a thousand dollars in the bank. It's kind of your starter emergency fund. So it's there because if life happens, you got some cash in the bank and then you start paying off your debt, which we teach the debt snowball. And that's paying off everything, smallest to largest, regardless of the interest rate, pay minimum payments on everything and attack that smallest debt first. And so you work your way out of debt. And then once you're debt free, everything but the house, then you save up a three to six month worth of um, expenses in the bank as a savings. You're fully funded. And you can use that $1,000 you saved earlier just to throw into that. And that's your fully funded emergency fund. And you can put that mm -hmm. in a savings account and a money market account, but it's, it's there. And I always tell people, I'm like, this is insurance for you. It's not an investment. So some mm -hmm. people that are the numbers people are like, oh my gosh, we have that much money just sitting in a money market account. Like we could invest that and it could make so much. But that's not what, that's not what it's there for. You'll invest after that. But this mm -hmm. emergency fund is there. And man, that safety net, it changes the game. Like once you get to that yeah. point, honestly, like your emotional, spiritual, financial, everything changes. When you don't owe anyone anything and you have mm -hmm. three to six months worth of expenses saved in the bank, it, it, it changes the game at that point. I mean, that really is what it, yeah. Big this time. baby step to finish, I think. Um, that baby step three, it's a lot of work because you're, it's exhausting how much sacrifice people put into yes. the point. Yeah. But, um, and time, yeah. Yes, yes. But once it's done, it, it changes, it changes your, your whole being. Yes, for so sure. Um, last question before we start wrapping up and, and doing our Dear Young Married Couple letter and resources. When people get to an age um, where they're just kind of given up hope of retirement, because we work with a lot of couples that are not necessarily young or in their first few years of marriage. And so maybe they're middle-aged and or older um, and they've given up hope of saving for retirement. Um, what advice would you give them? Yes. Well, we always say around our place, retirement is not an age. It's a number. And there may, you know, your, your number may look different. And so honestly, when it gets to that point in life, I always recommend sitting down with a financial planner, sit down with someone that they can look at your whole investment portfolio and they can say, okay, here's what you have to do. Because 
there are steps to take that you have to probably be more aggressive depending on your age when it comes to retirement. But there, there is no lost hope. Like anyone can, you can do anything. You really can. Uh, you have to put numbers to it and put a plan to it. And your numbers may look different than maybe you thought in your twenties. Um, but I think that that's also encouragement for your listeners who are younger to remember, you know, there are priorities out there financially that, uh, if you start early, the better off you're going to be. But yeah, for those people nearing retirement, for sure, I would sit down with a financial planner and look at everything. And, um, there is still a way to get there. Yes, absolutely. So this is me just being curious. (laughs) Everybody has a soapbox. So you're talking to a whole bunch of young married couples, um, maybe couples that don't necessarily have a ton of debt. Um, but are just trying to get from, you know, starvation or <laughs> survival to, you know, kind of being at that next stage in life. What, what advice or what things do you wish maybe you heard to push them to do as much as they can to be successful? And mm. maybe what, what advice would you give them? Yes, I would say, um, I think the comparison living at that time in life is huge because everyone for your whole life has been at the same playing field, right? You go through school together with people, you go to college, you all get your first job. But then quickly after that, things change. People buy houses. Some people are renting. Some people get a great job. Some people still don't have a job. Like the, the range starts to become astronomical. And if you're not careful, you're going to start to play into the lie that, okay, I still have to just be like everyone else because that's all we've grown up with, right? You are like everyone else for a long time. Um, yeah. And so you have to realize that that you have to put the blinders on and focus on your marriage, your marriage, your life, your money is going to look different than everyone else's. And that's okay. And I think that the more you sacrifice in the short term, the better off long term you're going to be. And I mean, I, I think once I've been married 10 years, but I'm like, man, we have friends, they look back at their first few years of marriage, like, oh, we would have made so many different choices. Like we wouldn't have gotten that nice furniture. We were in our early twenties. Why did we buy and go into debt for all this crazy, nice furniture? Like that was so stupid. And so your, your, you know, everything just, your perspective changes when you pull up and I'll probably be saying this 10 years from now, looking right now at this stage of our life. Um, but yeah, I think, I think realizing that I think it was Larry Burkett. He used to say that we spend the first five to 10 years of our marriage trying to obtain the same standard of living as our parents, like uh, our parents 30 years to get there. And there's just a, there's kind of, it's kind of old school thought, but it's true. Like there's just a price you pay when you're young. Like it, it is what it is. And you don't mm-hmm. have to act like you're 50 when you're not. And I think that's when it gets people in trouble. And so that comparison living, looking at what everyone else is doing and really focusing on what's best for you guys uh, is huge. So good. Thank you. That's a good one. Uh, what resources would you recommend for folks when it comes to finances in your marriage? It could be book recommendations or other resources. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would point them to Financial Peace University. That's our nine lesson course. And right now we're doing a, a free 14 day free trial. Mm-hmm. So you can go to daveramsey.com slash hope and binge, binge watch the videos if you want during that time. But really, I think that's probably the best thing because it helps couples get on the same page. I mean, we touch so small on budgeting and getting out of debt and investing and all of that. It goes into depth. There are lots of tools, lots of resources. You get every dollar plus, which is the budgeting app we talked about, but the plus actually, um, you can attach your bank account to it. And so that's very helpful. So it comes with that. So I would really dive into to that membership because I think that that helps couples probably the most. Or um, I mean, I talk a lot about marriage stuff on my podcast, uh, the Rachel Cruz mm-hmm. show and my YouTube show. So you can check that out as well. 
Yes. So Very check good. her out. Uh, her website is rachelcruz.com. She's on Instagram at Rachel Cruz. And she just mentioned the Rachel Cruz Show podcast and her YouTube channel. We'll also link all of that in our show notes too. Okay. So to close up here, we end every podcast this way with a fill in the blank. Um, so thinking back to the first couple years of your marriage, what advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Okay. How long is the letter? (laughs) (laughs) How long you want it to be? Okay. I would say dear young married couple, um, serve each other on both ends. That's probably one of the best pieces of marriage advice I got later on was just serve each other. I think we worry about a lot of things and what should, who should be doing what. And if you just serve each other, I think that helps and be known, like deeply, deeply known because you can start to live this life where you're just kind of up here and running and going. And if that's the habit for years and years and years, you kind of create the standard of marriage. That's just kind of like, okay, but the hard stuff is down under. And so being fully known, being fully transparent where you are, it's very vulnerable, very vulnerable, very hard, but it enriches your marriage in the deepest way possible and go to counseling. That's the other thing I would say. <laughs> That's good. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. It's an honor to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.